Josh, you, <laughs> you spelled Dumbledore wrong on this list. <laughs> I, I spelled a lot of things wrong on this list. Welcome everybody to a very uh, messed up duel of the takes, uh, but also kind of a kind of little bit of a reu reunion. We're doing another draft battle. Our champion Grace has come back, but got a little got a little controversy going on because our first ever draft champion, the former host, co-host of Duel of the Takes, Jory Boston, is making his Duel of the Takes return. That is right. One night only. For one night only. One night only. Come to defend my rightful title. We brought up a draft and we brought up Harry Potter. Jory was like, it's time to, it's time for a redemption. Wow. It's time for a redemption. The, the, the Nick fight isn't canon, and then we didn't do a draft battle for a while, and then Grace has come in and she's defeated uh, Nate, Alden and John Porowski over at Scary Box, and the winner of this fight will face me in season three. So whoever wins this is the champion of season two because this is the last draft of the year. A bunch of slouches, in my opinion, the people that Grace have has claimed victory on before. And this is a subject you guys know very well. Uh, this month in November is the 20th anniversary of the first uh, Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, as uh, you British like to say. But... <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be Harry Potter characters, so very similar to what we did with both the Disney villains and the Marvel characters, is that the scenario is it's kind of a big battle, and you're choosing what wizards or witches you want on your team to uh, go at it. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I... I I think I made the pool. I feel like I got everybody, the all the necessary ones, and I think I got some memes in here. So it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be fun towards the end who's drafting who. Yeah, Newt's Chad brother, what? Wait, so Grace, <laughs> do you remember, you saw uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, did you not? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so do you remember the scene where they introduced Newt's brother? And he, like, is just, like, the... He's basically Newt, but, like, handsome and confident and all that. And Newt, like, sees him and he's like, oh, no. Like, and he's, like, starting to have a breakdown. And, like, his Chad brother comes up and, like, puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, hey, buddy, everything is going to be all right. Don't worry about any of this stuff with the ministry. I'm here to help you out. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> I kind of remember that. <laughs> his brother's so nice throughout the whole movie, and Newt's, like, hate that guy. And the rest of us are like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Newt's Chad brother. What is Newt's Chad's brother's actual name? I, I didn't even look it up either. <laughs> Theseus. Holy shit, what a Chad name. So, uh, as, as we do every time, we'll kick off with a coin flip to see who has the first pick. Uh, Grace, heads or tails? Tails. Hey Siri, flip a coin. It's tails. Grace has the first pick. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let me... Let me get a pen and paper, actually. I gotta write this shit down. I gotta do work. Nate's not here. Her money, Granger. Creature, but with the C. <laughs> I wrote these on my fucking telephone. As I, as I look for paper, Grace, what is your first overall pick? Um, <laughs> okay. Rewatching the movies and everything, um, I don't know. I watched the fifth one last night, and... Jory's favorite. Dumbledore going up against Voldemort. I have to go with Dumbledore as my first pick. Okay. Okay. And not shit. only and not only because of that movie, but just because he just has an IQ of like a thousand. He's just so smart. You know, he had this whole plan of going up against Voldemort. Yeah, he was raising Harry Potter, like 
to get murdered, but he had Snape on his side. Like, that was genius, and he's really powerful. He, he went up against Voldemort and almost, you know, won, so... I think when we were watching Sorcerer's Stone, I believe somebody said Dumbledore was the only man Voldemort feared. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, smart pick. One of the most powerful wizards on this list. But how will Jory fire back? The return of Jory Boston. What is your first pick? For a character with a legacy like that, uh, there's only one option that I have here, and it's a character from that legacy. I've got to pick uh, Gellert Grindelwald as my first track pick. Interesting. Dumbledore's lover, and also one of the most based men to ever walk in the <laughs> world. <laughs> Hashtag Grindelwald did nothing wrong. We, we walked out of the theater and Jory's like, what did Grindelwald do wrong? <laughs> the, the theater experience that we had seeing that movie was very fun, because it took a lot of convincing to get me to see it. Like, I saw and enjoyed the first Fantastic Beasts. I thought it was fine. But the second one, I just was not interested in at all. And I was, like, begging everybody. I was like, please, let's see something else. Like, I don't even know what was out. I was like, let's see Venom or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Venom. So we saw Crimes of Grindelwald. Then the movie opens with Grindelwald escaping from, like, magic jail transfer or whatever. He kills one guy, whatever. Who cares about him? <laughs> and then at the end... He shows up and he's like, I've seen the future. Muggles are going to create weapons that are going to destroy the world, so we need to weaponize against them. And it's framed as a villainous act, but it just really doesn't come across that way because we know that he's right. Like, he shows, like, the A-bombs being tested and stuff, and, like, just with the dramatic irony of actual history, it's like, uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Not only him being based, but he is also probably the only character on this list that I would call a peer to Dumbledore. Beyond uh, having the relationship with him that he does, he, we have to assume that he is at least as powerful as him because of the way that Dumbledore treats him as a threat when they're both young, as opposed to the way that Voldemort is treated uh, years later. Yeah. These are both really good picks. Strong, strong start. Grace, what is your number two overall pick? All right, my number two pick is Harry Potter. The boy who lived. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, okay, he's the main character of the whole series, obviously, but I also feel like... The chosen one. I also feel like he's really underrated. Like, no one truly realizes what he had to go through. Like, yeah, we see it, but imagine having that courage to not turn, like, evil or go to, like, Voldemort's side because like he he went through so much death I mean he has no parents he was practically raised by the Weasleys in the wizard world so I don't know he's just a really strong character he would die for his friends he did die for his friends and I love that about him I love that trait that he just wants to save everyone he doesn't want to kill anyone well besides Voldemort so you want him on your team because he's willing to do whatever it takes to win yeah He's got he's got the he's got the Quidditch background. He's a seeker. <laughs> he's, uh, he's 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 competitive. He's an athlete. But Jory, who do you got to go against the man that the man that's named after this episode, Harry Potter? Well, Grace did come out here with two very strong protagonist picks, and at this point, I kind of feel obligated to resp to fire back with another antagonist. If it's going to be going up against Harry Potter, I've got to say I'm going to pick Cerberus Snape. Not only is uh, Snape a an antagonist throughout the series and constantly at odds with Harry throughout the entire series, he also 
is another person that Dumbledore relies on to just get shit done. And to the point where he entrusts him with the action of taking his own life to solidify his position with the Death Eaters and to solidify his position as the greatest double agent that ever lived. Um, not only that, but the complicated relationship that he has with Harry is super interesting. And people harp on this twist all the time, deservedly so, because it just recontextualizes like the, like, oh, this guy's like the dick teacher at Hogwarts character into one of the best characters in the entire series. It's book six, I believe, uh, Half-Blood Prince. Harry starts learning a lot of uh, the more advanced magic that he's going to be using uh, against the Death Eaters directly from Snape. In that book and the book before, with uh, Order of the Phoenix, where he's teaching him how to defend his mind against uh, attacks from Voldemort, trying to like take him over. Snape is an absolute asset, and I don't think that Harry would be as great a wizard as he is by the end of the series without him. He's also a double, triple, quadruple agent to like both sides. <laughs> a super spy. Oh, and remember in um, Deathly Hallows Part 2 when McGonagall was going up against him? He was like deflecting the spells onto the Death Eaters. Like, oh, yeah. Very neat little detail. That was a cool little detail. From the best triple quadruple bypass agent there has ever been. Thank you, David Yeats, for that directing scene. Thanks, David Yeats. <laughs> You really cleaned up your act after Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> All right, Grace, what is your third pick? I am going to have to go with Hermione Granger. I know maybe it's too soon to pick her, but I need her intelligence. She is just so clever. Like, throughout the whole years, like, she just learned everything. She had the time to turn to take these extra classes. And I remember in part one, she knew, like, charms to, like, help. And, like, Harry was, like, completely lost. Like, you wouldn't have known all these charms. So, like, having her, like, on my side, you know, with the team, like, she's just, oh, even Sirius Black and Lupin, they said, you know, you're the brightest witch of her age. I mean, like, I love Hermione. She's one of my favorite characters, too. She, uh, she can also heal people, also... Uh, with that whatever potion from part one, yeah, which uh, could be helpful. Yeah. All right, Joy, how do you how do you bounce back from some female representation from Grace? Female representation isn't really what's bothering me right now. What's bothering me is Grace is dangerously close to getting Dumbledore, Harry, Ron, and Hermione <laughs> at the beginning of the draft. So right now I am going to secure Ron Weasley for myself. For multiple reasons. Nice. Ron Weasley is the tried and true best friend. Even for things that Hermione can't be there for him. Like, Hermione sure is like Harry's smart friend. But in a many, many ways, Ron Weasley is the brother that Harry never had. And we get to see uh, how their relationship evolves. It's really dynamic. I've said before that I don't like the way that they like the petty stuff that they argue over. But looking back on it, I mean, they're 14, 15-year-old boys. And, like, this relationship is something that's special to both of them. Ron's got a huge family, but doesn't really stand out in it. And Harry has absolutely no family. So they kind of find each other and, like, latch on to each other. And they have a very beautiful friendship that I love to see. And also, uh, Ron's contributions don't really get mentioned enough. I mean, like... Part of the reason that I like Sorcerer's Stone so much is because I think that all three of the main characters shine so much, especially in those final trials where Ron uh, figures out the wizard chest thing uh, later on when he's basically like Frodo carrying the One Ring and sort of getting like corrupted by Voldemort's spirit, but still uh, manages to come back and like 
push on through it and help them destroy the Horcrux and reunite with his friends. I think Ron is a fantastic character. I agree. I feel like there's a lot of talk of Harry Potter being a stale character, but I feel like Ron is, as a character, underrated. At least when I was watching the movies, I, I kind of looked at Ron as, like, the joke. Mm-hmm. But Not in the books, though. Even rewatching the movies in order, you see more of a, uh, you see more that Ron does, like you said, especially in the first movie, specifically. I think Chamber of Secrets kind of kind of was the one where it's like, Ron's got a broken wand the whole time, and he's throwing up. <laughs> yeah, Ron is the joke up. character. <laughs> yeah. Ron's like, you can't say the M word. Uh, the first scene where Harry meets the rest of the Weasleys in Chamber of Secrets is iconic, as is the entire opening of that movie with the Whomping Willow and the flying car. And that's all the Weasleys, and that's all Ron. Okay, Grace, number four. I'm gonna have to go with Sirius Black. I love Sirius. When I was watching um, Order of the Phoenix last night, and him and Harry were talking, when he was in the room with the family tree, how, like, his parents were, like, I think they were against... Sirius chose the right path, and he told Harry, you both have good and evil inside you, it just depends on which one you want to act upon. Sirius could have been like his cousin, Bellatrix, and could have been a Death Eater, but he chose to be a part of the Order of the Phoenix and fight against Voldemort, and even though he went to Azkaban like, for something he didn't like commit, he would have never given up Lily and um, James's position or whatever, so... I just like him as a person. He's he's a strong wizard too. I I know he was in Azkaban for a while, but he's uh very loyal to his friends. Extremely loyal. That's what I like about him. Much like his godson. He did his waiting. Twelve years of it <laughs> in Azkaban. <laughs> Gary Oldman's awesome. Jory, what's your fourth pick? I think that I'm going to pick uh, Lupin in response to yeah. uh, Sirius. Yeah, this is pretty even so far. For Lupin, I feel like uh, Sirius's role in the movies is a little bit diminished. He kind of, like, disappears uh, for the next movie uh, after Prisoner of Azkaban. Like, he shows up to talk to Harry in the fireplace that one time. And then uh, he shows up again in Order of the Phoenix to die. But I feel like, <laughs> I feel like as far as the best of both of these characters in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, they're about even as far as uh, their influence on Harry. Lupin... Uh, Harry knows from the start is a friend of uh, Harry's dad and he teaches him how to use the Patronus charm which he finally uh, manages to get a hold of when he's trying to save Sirius from the Dementors at the end. Honestly the best defense against the dark arts teacher that they ever had. Um, One of the only ones that didn't that wasn't straight up fired or died by the end of their uh, their end of the story. I remember as a kid being upset that Lupin was leaving at the end of that movie in a way that I was never, never felt that way about Sirius leaving because like Sirius was escaping, but Lupin was just like, yeah, sorry, you're going to have to go this alone, kid. I know you can do it. I've prepared you sufficiently. I didn't notice this in le- until I walked uh, downstairs and saw you were watching the end of the movie, Grace, when uh, Lupin had a line that like he was leaving because... Not a lot of parents would like that I'm teaching, like, who, uh, or that I'm, that who I really am. And I'm like, wow, that was kind of a take on, like, uh, people being different in that and people not liking it. That was, that was an interesting underlying theme that they could have tackled more with Lupin, I think. Mm -hmm. Another thing going along with that is, uh, it's mentioned that the reason that everybody else in their friend group became, uh, Animagi 
is because Lupin had lycanthropy and like would turn into a werewolf like without his control. So they decided that they would do their best and try to turn into animals so that they could still be with him when he needed them like that. Man, those are some good friends. Yeah. Except for one of them. When are you turning into a furry for me? Uh, I already went to Allentown for you, Josh. <laughs> it's close enough. Let's uh, let's finish off this top five. Grace, what do you got at number five? I'm going to have to go with Professor McGonagall. I love her. <laughs> I mean, she's the headmaster. No, not headmaster. Yeah, no, what do you call? Uh, headmistress. Headmistress of Gryffindor. And I think she's stronger than, like, we think. Like, I know in the movies, like, at the end, we got to see her use her power a little bit. But she was, like, fighting off Snape, which is pretty cool. But she's also very intelligent. And I also feel like she's underrated because she is powerful. And she was always on Dumbledore's side. And she always understood Harry. And, yeah, she's also very loyal. Until I rewatched them last year, I never, I never noticed she bought Harry the broom. Yeah. Which I thought was very wholesome. I just something must have just went over my head. Mm-hmm. It's very low key. My biggest takeaway with McGonagall every time I revisit this series is she to me always seems like, as far as magic is concerned, the like second smartest person at any given time besides only Dumbledore. Yeah, she's kind of, she's kind of underrated. Yeah, extremely. I do wish uh, the movies do a little bit to like make her seem a little bit cooler at the end. Like especially in Deathly Hallows Two, you get a lot of McGonagall service where she like calls forth like those stone knights and uh, like fires out at Snape when like Harry shows up, um, which is really cool. But like she always has, and Maggie Smith portrays her wonderfully. Like you get that like she knows more than she's letting on. She's like, yeah, I'm teaching these dumbass little kids, but like I am the fucking magic bitch. (laughs) She knows it. All right, Jory, how are you finishing your top five? This is a tough one. Um, And why is it Dean Thomas? Okay, this is gonna be weird, but my number five pick is gonna be Dobby the house elf. Okay. As far as, uh, like we were saying, magical ability and stuff, and people who are unassuming with their power, like McGonagall, that's kind of Dobby's entire arc, and the arc of the house elves in general in the greater series. But in uh, Chamber of Secrets, like, you get the sense that Dobby can do shit that, like, nobody else can. Like, he snaps his fingers, and he, like, turns to smoke. He shows up in Harry's room and is, like, trying to convince him not to go on this, like, huge adventure that he ends up going to, which just pushes him further into it. But then at the end, to uh, protect Harry when he finally earns him his freedom from Lucius Malfoy, who is, as far as we've seen at this point in the series, one of the most powerful... uh, Well, at this point, we don't know he's a Death Eater for sure, but we know that he's like a strong wizard with like a high social standing in the wizarding world. And then later in the series, Dobby... uh, Helps them, like, operate in and out of extremely dangerous buildings full of uh, Death Eaters and things like that. Manages to save them from the Manor Malfoy Manor. Yeah, um, as far as house elves go, like, sure, creature exists. And there are plenty more in the books, but, like, Dobby holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts for a great reason. And I think that as far as ability goes, like, he could have gone toe-to-toe with uh, basically any wizard that we see if he so chose it to uh, save his friends. Yeah, I love Dobby. I, I always will. Yeah, I had uh, I added Dobby to the list because I actually had an interesting uh, debate about Dobby uh, 
the a uh, couple of days ago with a friend, and I'm like, I should add him to the list. The more I thought about it, what was this debate, Josh? Um, when another character gets drafted, I'll bring it up again because I don't want to. I don't want to create a, a bias. But number six of so the top five, I think they're both pretty even. Grace obviously went with probably the two most well-known wizards in Dumbledore and Harry, but uh, I think Jory, you went for pure like skill for the top two, and then you you went for uh, I mean, Lupin's not underrated. People love Lupin, but I feel like Ron and Dobby get lost in the shuffle when you're talking about a battle. But I think they could be key. Uh, they could be key uh, people because not everyone should be. Not everybody should be at the head of the front line. You need the people back there helping out too. It's a team. So I like the strategy. Let's see how it works out. So, number six, Grace. I'm gonna have to go with uh, Molly Weasley. Shit. <laughs> she literally took in Harry almost as like her own son you know and oh at the end when she's fighting uh bellatrix uh, oh when she said when she says that's my daughter you bitch is uh it, it is a clapping in the theater moment but she's also stronger than we think too like she obviously has all this power but she's been too busy taking care of all these kids you know like and she's a part of the order like with wait right is she a part of the order with arthur i believe so uh, I think so. And for her to take in Harry, even though she knows how dangerous, like, it would be. And she raised her kids to be right. Like, uh, she's just an amazing woman. Like, I love her. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, she took in, like, a seventh or eighth son. <laughs> yeah, basically. Going back to what I was saying about uh, Dobby uh, taking down Lucius at the end of Chamber of Secrets, Molly taking down Bellatrix at um in the battle of hogwarts is kind of that same scene but just like amp to 11. molly weasley who like we know she's a witch but we've never seen fight before just immediately comes out and faces down bellatrix lestrange who we've seen murder multiple characters including sirius black probably the second most powerful villain in that movie right absolutely yeah as far as except for voldemort i don't think that we see a more dangerous death eater yeah, yeah. And just d demolishes her with no problem. That's the bet. Either that scene's the best scene in the movie, or when uh, Professor McGonagall goes, I always wanted to use that spell. I always yeah. wanted to use that spell. Or no, when she goes, boom, make it go boom. <laughs> All right, now that we're talking about this, this is a perfect segue. I need to talk about the actual best scene in that movie. So my sixth draft pick is going to be Neville Longbottom. <laughs> oh, I wanted him. He got the sword of Gryffindor. Yeah, he did. He was a true Gryffindor all along, despite seeming uh, like a little nerdy fat wimp. Well, I guess he could have been the chosen one, technically, right? It was kind of a it, Voldemort. He just kind of went to the Potters. Yeah, in the books, it's like there's a lot more they go into with uh, Neville's like possible like herohood or like how he could have been the prophesized child. But it really was uh, between both of those families. And I believe, if I'm not remembering this right, uh, it's been a while since I read the books, but at the same time that uh, Voldemort was going to the Potters on the word of Peter Pettigrew, I believe it was Bellatrix Lestrange who went to uh, the Longbottoms and tortured them with the Cruciatus Curse. Yeah. Ended up killing them, but obviously things didn't turn out that way. But it really could have just, it was up to like a 50-50 chance, which 
yeah. one was going to be it. In the books, you see Neville, as he grows older, uh, start to shape into that uh, more. But in the movie, they kind of like leave him to the wayside a little bit. We see that he's leading the uh, the Dumbledore's army that's at Hogwarts in the Room of Requirement when Harry, Ron, and Hermione show up in Deathly Hallows 2. And then he shows up and kills Nagini with the Sword of Gryffindor from the Sorting Hat, which is a fantastic scene. But I do still wish in the movies that they elucidated on that more. One of the best moments in Sorcerer's Stone is when Neville stands up to Harry, Ron, and Hermione and tries not to let them leave the dorm room because they're not supposed to be out and he's going to get everybody in trouble. He doesn't understand what he's doing, but for a character that's been character like the way that he has the entire movie to stand up against people who like have much better standing than him, like Dumbledore says, it shows tremendous courage. Both are good picks. Both had like great scenes in the last movie that you didn't expect was going to happen when you first see the last movie. Mm-hmm. But number seven, Grace. I'm going to have to go with Hagrid. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> he got expelled from Hogwarts, right, when he was younger? Or something. Yeah, because... He was expelled for... Um, Tom Riddle framed him for yeah. opening the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, so, but, like, he's just a good person overall, and he, like, he he's a gate, gatekeeper, gamekeeper, what is he? Groundskeeper, and... Wasn't it that him and Newt were, like, really into, like, animals and stuff, too? But he's always there to, like, help Harry and, and Ron and, like, everyone. Like, remember, he was like, oh, I should keep my mouth shut, but he really did help in a lot of movies, and... I feel like if he could get a lot of dragons on him, on his side, too. I mean, he's cousins with the giant. Or no, was that his brother, the big giant? Giant. Yeah, his half-brother, Grop. I don't I just... Who doesn't love Hagrid? He's just the best. Yet another character that I feel like the movies kind of start to forget about as they go on. Yeah. Uh, Goblet of Fire. Uh, Hagrid is much more important in the book, Goblet of Fire, than in the movie. Like, they still... He's still present, but, yeah, you know. And then Order of the Phoenix. I don't know. I never really liked the Grop storyline. But then even in uh, in both Deathly Hallows, I think that's where it's really like, oh, Hagrid's here. De- Deathly Hallows, the last one, had like an awkward ending with Hagrid where him and Harry just had an awkward hug and then Harry just like stared at him. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I was like, did they just not know how to like give Hagrid a conclusion? What was that? I don't even remember how Hagrid and Harry end off in the book. Maybe they just forgot, and they were like, oh yeah, we should add a scene. (laughs) Alright, what is your number seven, Jory? My number seven is somebody who I can't believe uh, we haven't drafted yet. I'm gonna go with he who must not be named, Lord Voldemort himself. There it is. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be top five. I kinda just forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he's the big bad of the series, and... um, like Josh's favorite entry in this series, he comes in and immediately just, like, wrecks shit. Immediately just murders Cedric Diggory in an act of viciousness that we've never seen in the series to this point, even including, like, how brutal the uh, Basilisk was in Chamber of Secrets. Like, every every encounter with Voldemort in person is significant and important and serves to, like let Harry know how dire the stakes really are. Even as early as uh, Sorcerer's Stone, where uh, he orders Quirrell to kill him from, like, the back of his head, and Harry has to, like, unwittingly murder Quirrell to keep himself safe at age 11. Like, it's crazy shit. 
that's mounted against him. I can't believe Voldemort isn't more of, like, a shit post from Gallo of Fire. Like, when he says, get up, get up, it gets me every time. <laughs> I, I think it was just too soon. Yeah. <laughs> if Goblet of Fire came out in 2020. I think Goblet of Fire was the same year as Revenge of the Sith. What was with the meme villains that year? <laughs> what a year for cinema. <laughs> All right, Grace. Number eight. You just drafted the most powerful dark wizard. How are you going to combat that? I really want Luna. <laughs> Luna Lovegood. She said something in... Yeah, it was the fifth movie. She said to Harry... If I were Voldemort, I would want you to feel, like, alone because you're weaker that way. And I feel like she's, she lost her mom, so she's like, she, I don't know, has already been through death. So she seems to just, like, go with the flow. Like, she was like, all right, I'll go, I'll go to the Order of the Phoenix and get the prophecy or whatever. Like, plus she's also a very strong witch, I feel like. I mean, she could cast all those spells. I mean, I saw her in the movie and I'm like... I didn't realize how good she was. Something that always struck me about Luna in the books, too, was, uh, like, we always think of Hermione as, like, being the smart witch, but Luna's introduction really serves to show, like, it's it happens in the next couple books, it's Order of the Phoenix into Half-Blood Prince, but Luna's introduction in particular really serves to show all the stuff that Hermione just doesn't know. Well, she knows about Thestrals, but she doesn't understand what it's like, and uh luna as a character is very important to harry because he's reeling from witnessing the death of uh cedric diggory and she's basically the only person who can kind of understand that's at his same age that he can relate to with that and it opens yeah. up this entire other world of magical creatures for him and like what's considered by everybody else at hogwarts to be like the weirder side of magic which is super interesting to see yeah she's like new you know what really, you know what really bothered me about the movies, and that like when we see that like only Harry and Luna could see those creatures that pull the carts. I think it would have been a lot cooler if like all the movies before that we saw them in the carts that were just pulling by themselves, and then that reveal could have been a lot cooler for a viewer. Well, in the fourth movie, the the carriages were moving by themselves. Oh, do we see the carriages in four? Uh, yeah, I rewatched it. When I rewatched it, the fourth movie, the carriages were going by themselves. The movies are really weird because they don't plan out for everything. Because <laughs> the books were like still being written while most of the movies came out. I think that the biggest uh, example of that is uh, Sirius's mirror in Deathly Hallows 2 that just shows up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without any explanation. <laughs> like in the books, Sirius gives Harry this piece of mirror like way earlier i think like three books before or something like that but in the movie he just kind of has this mirror all right jory what is your number eight i feel like there's still some heavy hitters keeping with my tradition of picking uh, antagonists i'm gonna go with one of my favorite antagonists and my most underrated antagonist who another character gets a lot of the credit for a lot of the stuff that he lays the groundwork for i gotta go with Barty Crouch. <laughs> Junior? <laughs> I knew it. Oh, when I was watching Call of the Fi uh, Fire and he was uh, telling Harry, oh, like, this was all by me. Like, you won because of me. And I was like, damn, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And it goes even deeper in the book. Like, I, I 
feel like a broken record, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's true, especially of Goblet of Fire, which, uh, in my opinion, is the most neutered uh, book-to-movie adaptation. Barney Crouch Jr., uh, a lot of what people think of when they think of uh, Mad-Eye Moody, Alistair Moody, is Barty Crouch Jr. Like, a lot of that, like, weird-ass, like, uh, licking and, like, drinking the polyjuice potion, uh, helping Harry out while well, seeming to help him out, but really, like, playing him the entire time to try and get him to uh, uh, show up in the graveyard to resurrect Voldemort and succeeding where every other villain in the series does not. I think it's fantastic, and I think that... Um, I really like uh, the unhinged performance that David Tennant gives in the movie. However, I also think that there's that he is a completely different character in the book who uh, is more calculating than uh, just... Well, he's calculating in the movie, too. But, like, the characterization of them is different. Like, in the book, there's a the scene from Goblet of Fire where... He, uh, the dude from the Hungarian school yells Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> is completely different in the book. Like, instead of going, Hello, father! And he's like, there's this whole, like, lamentation where he's like, No, father, please don't send me to the Dementors. And he's like, You're no son of mine. And it's just, it hits much harder. I, I'm gonna say, though, the whole flashback scene in the movie, though, is straight up Kino and one of the greatest scenes of all time. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. That's why I'm not saying it's worse. I'm just saying it's different. It's so, it feels like we're in a di totally different movie when that scene happens. Hello, Fauna! <laughs> I love when the guy yells Barty Crouch. In that big, long pause, you see Rita Skeeter just, like, open her mouth and gasp and look over, despite him not having finished his sentence. <laughs> Junior. <laughs> Junior. Like, you see him get up and shit when he starts to talk about it. He's like, I eat, I'm out. Oh, Mad-Eye Moody did. Did that, uh... Yeah, Mad-Eye Moody took his wand out immediately and got up. He was the imposter. Did that scene create Among Us? Another movie called The Thing created Among Us. <laughs> this just elevated it. Yeah. All right, Grace, number nine. Um, I'll take Bellatrix Lestrange. It's an interesting tactic, because now you have both her and Molly Weasley. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so I didn't... I only made it to, like, the third Harry Potter book, but, like, does it go into detail of, like, how she killed uh, Sirius Black? Because, like, in the movie, after she did it, she has, like, this weird look on her face. Like, did she feel bad or something? Uh, Bellatrix is, like, a complete insane sadist. So, like, I feel like a lot of the reason that she's, like, so hyped that she killed Sirius Black is because he's such a high-ranking member of the Order of the Phoenix. Aren't they related? Yeah, that and he's her cousin. <laughs> 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 so it's just like a cocktail of like fucked up shit she's doing and she's just like going off on it yeah and she's like like you said one of the is she the most powerful death eater i don't know she's just i would say as far as like uh death eaters go in the movies like the she's the most powerful i mean the only one that we're only ever shown and supposed to view as like equal to her is uh fenrir grayback who we're just supposed to look at like that because he's like this big strong like werewolf looking dude but he doesn't actually do anything well also i feel like just like snape maybe since you have voldemort on your team maybe she can like be an insider maybe she'll change maybe she'll so, I don't know. Maybe she'll turn up to the good side. 
Yeah, I feel like she's she is the most like ruthless character in this series. But technically, Snape being on your team, he's he might be on my team too. He's still friends with Dumbledore. Listen, if we're gonna talk like that, then you're gonna have to worry about Bellatrix Lestrange just killing a bunch of your characters just because she feels like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She'll, like, turn over. <laughs> yeah. Dumbledore's best friends with Snape. Maybe he'll be like, all right, I'll give you this scoop. No, he'll just be like, Severus, please. But, but yeah, wait a minute, Snape did kill Dumbledore, though. <laughs> That's true. No, Vada Kedavra. All right, Jory, what is your number nine? You know, I've been on the fence with picking him for a while, but I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to pick Victor Crumb. An athlete. Him and, him and Harry could uh, quidditch in the air during the battle. Yeah. <laughs> What I will say for Victor Crumb, though, uh, if it wasn't for uh, Barty Crouch Jr. and uh, putting Harry and in the uh, in the Triwizard Tournament and making all those schemes to try and bring Voldemort back to life, Victor Crumb would have won the entire Triwizard Tournament, no problem. Oh, definitely. No. Like, like no contest, and that's or part of or Cedric. No, no, it would not have been Cedric. Cedric couldn't figure out the mermaid egg thing. <laughs> Cedric Diggory would absolutely have not won the Triwizard Tournament. Wait, that's true. He got far because of Harry telling him about the dragons, and then Mad-Eye Moody telling him about the egg, the mermaid egg. Yep. Victor Crumb, if he didn't get bewitched, was probably would have won. Because Victor Crumb and uh, Fleur both lost the maze challenge. But Cedric wouldn't have made it that far without Harry. Yeah, that's true. Harry saved him. Yeah. The reason that uh, he lost the maze challenge, in the movie at least, is because he was hit with uh, uh, that third uh, like curse that you're not allowed to use, the one that lets you control people. But like he was being controlled by uh, probably uh, Barty Crouch Jr. at that point. Well he, was be- well, he was bewitched, right? Is that what they call it? He's bewitched, Cedric. He's bewitched. <laughs> Get off me! <laughs> God, what a movie. Goblet of Fire. Absolute cinema. I light up, I pour myself a nice cognac, and I put on <laughs> Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Ugh, what a picture. Hey, Zendaya. Zendaya said that um, what helps her sleep is she rewatches the Harry Potter movies. Which one do you think is Zendaya's favorite? Half Blood Prince. Why? Why? I feel like Half-Blood Prince is a lot like Euphoria. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like she really relates to Ron and Hermione as her and Tom Holland. (laughs) Grace, who are you finishing off in your top 10? Honestly, I'm gonna go with Ginny Weasley. (laughs) She she is more powerful than you think. Okay, I I keep going back to Order of the Phoenix, but a lot of stuff happens in that movie. She literally was doing um a reducto and it was so powerful like even fred and george were looking at her like like she's just such a powerful witch also and in the books i think they go more in depth about her because in the movies she looked like a like not an important character but she she was do you guys remember this scene from chamber of secrets (laughs) i love that And Harry's just, like, really nice, like, hello. And she's like, He's like, hello, and she's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing really against her, but Ginny Weasley always kind of felt like an afterthought of a character. 
Yeah, it's scary. Not to bring up uh, Max Landis or anything, but did you ever see? Did I show you that video of his Ginny Weasley take? No. What did he say? Yeah, he had this whole theory that she's secretly like a psychopath in that. Oh, I could see that. <laughs> uh, because of that one scene in Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> but uh yeah Ginny weasley at least in the movies it seems is a forgotten thought but also yeah she had that scene in order of the phoenix uh i'm sure she's got some of her like uh mother's like uh powers i guess you'd say skills i guess i could say yeah she's on the quidditch team she is on the quidditch team true all right jory who's who's going in the top 10 damn i kind of feel like i'm running out of heavy hitters I think there's like one or two we're missing. Yeah. You know what? If I'm going with a, a full team of villains, and if we're going to like act like we're theorizing about this shit, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Draco Malfoy. I knew it. No, but he's kind of a good guy. As far as a little bitch boy that can get manipulated by anybody who's slightly racist, I'm definitely going to go with Draco because I have plenty of racists on my team. <laughs> <laughs> Manipulated by slightly racist people. I mean, like, come on, like, what else are we gonna call it? <laughs> His dad takes him to Borgen and Burks, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm joining the clan." <laughs> I didn't realize that Voldemort gave Draco such a big job until I rewatched Half Blood Prince. I was like, "Yeah, he wanted this seventeen-year-old to murder Dumbledore." <laughs> Don't you understand? I have to do this. I can't believe that, like, that was the plan, too. Like, Dumbledore had to be like, Snape, this motherfucker's not gonna do this. Yeah. This, there's no way this dude is killing me. You're gonna have to do it. I don't know if this was genuine surprise from Dumbledore. I, like, I can't believe that it was. I feel like he knew the plan the entire time. But when Draco shows up, and he's like, Draco, uh, and, like, the Death Eaters are there, and he's like, how? And he's like, the Room of Requirement, the, the Cabinet, and Bogan and Burks. And he's like, how clever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dumbledore knows everything. That's what I'm saying. Like, he acts like he's surprised about it, but I'm like, are you telling me that you didn't actually know? That they surprised you? Dumbledore is actually like the Yoda of the universe, uh, or the Yoda of this universe. Stop, I love Yoda. Like when, like when Luke comes back to Dagobah and he's like, why the fuck didn't you tell me who my father is? <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always told Josh this, Yoda would always, like, worded things in, like, a riddle way, and I'm like, what does he mean? Little creature I am. I mean, so does Dumbledore. Smash my cock with a rock, I max. Oh, you know what I noticed in Order of the Phoenix when Umbridge, like, had Harry in his office, because they were going to go save uh, Sirius? Snape comes in, and Harry goes, Padfoot, they have Padfoot, and... It didn't click until last night that Padfoot was serious. Wait, wait, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't... When they made the uh, the Marauder's Map, that's Marauders their names map. on it. I know. I... It's like Looney, Padfoot, Wormtail, and Prongs. I never knew that. Damn. So did Snape know what he meant then when he said Padfoot? Yeah, he knows who that is. Oh, cool. Because they went to school together and they were the kids that bullied him. <laughs> <laughs> So we got through the top 10. I feel it's pretty even. I think there's one or two people that would have been in my personal top 10, but also, what do I know? I'm not the Harry Potter experts here. That's you guys. Number 11. I feel like these bottom 10 are going to get wild. So who you got, Grace? I'm going to go with Lucius Malfoy. I think he has a chance to redeem himself because he was kind of 
feared into being a follower of Voldemort. I have his wand. It came with the cane. Do you guys remember uh, in Deathly Hallows 1 where uh, uh, Voldemort takes his wand and uh, he goes, my lord, and Voldemort goes, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like when Voldemort appears and the first thing he does is bully Lucius. Lucius in like Deathly Hallows 1 goes from like, holy shit, that guy is super imposing from like Chamber of Secrets to like, what a little bitch. <laughs> He's Voldemort's bitch. Yeah, for real. Yo, even in uh, Goblet of Fire, when like they all show up, when Voldemort comes back, and he's like, not even you, Lucius. <laughs> I feel like since you have Draco, maybe he could try and get Draco to be like, yo, come on, Draco. Come, you know, I'm your father. Come on, son. Lucius Malfoy is such a little bitch. He wouldn't even try to help his son not murder his teacher. <laughs> I feel like, though, he has the chance to cha change. Also, I feel like he's, like, powerful. I don't know. I feel like he's a strong wizard. He knows all the bad, like, spells. Do you guys want to hear a hot take that isn't necessarily about Lucius Malfoy? And I know that I'm going to make myself seem like I'm part of a very disgusting community. But I do wholeheartedly believe this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think that the romances in Harry Potter were completely botched, and I do believe that instead of Hermione getting with Ron, it would have been a lot better if they had a redemption arc with Draco and Hermione got with Draco instead. Yes! You were part of that community. <laughs> I'm not part of that community. This is just like my reading of the story. I'm like, it's super weird that they all pair off and then Harry gets with like Ron's sister. Like Ron and Hermione, to me, the chemistry is just like not really there especially in the movies where they're trying to like start talking about it it seems like it's one-sided from hermione which like i kind of get but like i don't know i don't know that's a separate topic i don't want to seem yeah. like i'm like one of these like you know like fan fiction writer types that i've immediately made myself seem like <laughs> but it's what i believe i feel like hermione really really loved ron and maybe she liked the idea of being in love with him and i know jk rowling says a lot of things but didn't she say one of her biggest mistakes that harry and hermione didn't end up together yeah and she's also wrong about that i cannot see her and harry together no that was the thing too like to me like it just seemed to cheapen like the bond that the three of them had together to, to start pairing them off between each other like to me they were always just friends like i get in the same if we're talking about order of the phoenix or not order of the phoenix uh half-blood prince specifically let's talk about the movie version where like you see hermione getting jealous that ron is like with that other a uh, weird chick. I forget her name. But she got jealous in the Goblet of Fire, too. Yeah, like, the, the jealousy, like, starts when they start, like, looking at other people. But, um, and it doesn't really work as much because, uh, uh, what's her name? Emma Watson is very attractive. And Hermione in the books is always described as being very, like, mousy and unassuming. But, like, her not being, like, a popular girl and just being, like, the smart girl who, like, the one friend that she has she starts to gravitate towards, like, is natural. But I feel like if you want to actually explore that arc, you have to actually consider, like, how relationships form. And I feel like it's just weird having them go together. Yeah, but I also see where they could kind of be more like a sibling. Like, they all, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Not not more 
yeah, I just feel like they're more family than. Yeah, that's like what I was saying before when we were talking about Ron and Harry, how they like basically find each other and like form their own family. Like they latch onto each other because it works. They fill each other's like uh, archetypes because she feels like his sister. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, not like that. <laughs> All right, Jory, what is your number 11 on that note? Hang on. Uh, can we read back the list? For now, I want to, like, delete the ones that have already been picked. So, Grace's list. Dumbledore, Harry Potter, Hermione, Sirius Black, Professor McGonagall, Molly Weasley, Hagrid, Luna, Bellatrix, Lestrange, uh, Ginny, and Lucius Malfoy. Jory's list. Grindelwald, Snape, Ron, Professor Lupin, Dobby, Neville, Lord Voldemort, Barty Crouch, Junior. Thank you. Victor Crumb and Draco. I think I'm going to pick Peter Pettigrew. Okay. It makes sense with Voldemort on your team. Again, if we're talking about, like, uh, villains that actually succeeded, and who, like, looking back at the series, whenever I think about this character, I'm always like, that was so fucked up. <laughs> like, imagine living 12 years of your life as a rat for, like, a bunch of young boys <laughs> and just letting them think that you are a rat. <laughs> Oh shit, a rat. Like, you cannot convince me that there was not a better way for him to hide out and, like, lay low. Like, what the fuck? He could have been, like, I don't know, a tree? Yeah. That being said, the execution of that twist, I think, is fantastic. Uh, it's touched on a little bit in the movie, but, like, the introduction of, like, animagus and, uh, like, werewolves, like, people who turn into animals is, like, foreshadowed before in the story. And I think that it's a brilliant move for uh, J.K. Rowling to introduce Crookshanks in the same story that we're supposed to be suspicious of, like, people turning into animals. Because, like, if you didn't know, like, the immediate assumption would be, like, well, this animal that just entered the story that everybody's calling attention to is probably the fucked up one. But no, it's Ron's rat that's been here since the first book. It's insane. Once Ron gets dragged into the tree or whatever in Prisoner of Azkaban, the movie just goes zero to a hundred real quick. Oh, absolutely. Remember when uh, Peter Pettigrew gets his uh, Winter Soldier arm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always forget Harry, like, stuns Snape in that scene. I'm always like, holy shit. Harry, you've just attacked a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> he never got repercussions for that either <laughs> snape was like yeah i kind of deserved it snape just he's used to getting his getting his ass kicked by a potter two movies from then is when uh snape has him up in his room and he's like your father was a swine <laughs> so jory drafted peter pettigrew at number 11 what is your number 12 grace alistair moody is that how you pronounce it mad eye moody even though we saw him as crouch or whatever but um in order of the phoenix he had his cane thing and he was going up against a death eater and he was just banging his cane and he was like killing the death eater <laughs> yeah that is funny i also feel like he is a powerful wizard and i mean he's part of the order so wasn't his death off screen yeah he when they were flying on broomsticks that pissed me off yeah that whole scene is kind of a mess to me it gives me a headache i like the scene directly before it when we see everybody turning into harry yeah that is funny <laughs> your eyesight really is awful no shit hermione what do you think i wear these glasses for fun 
And I just realized Moody died as Harry. No, 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 he didn't. He had um <laughs> he had that one random prisoner guy that they brought in who's like Mondogus Fletcher. Oh yeah. But he was like he was uh Moody. Wait, and then Fred and George are like, We look identical. You've looked identical your whole life. Oh wow, we are identical. <laughs> Speaking of Fred and George, that's a great segue. That's a great segue into my next pick. Yeah, I know. Yes, I'm picking George specifically. So why specifically George? Specifically George, because George is the one that gets his ear blown off when they're uh, transporting Harry from Privet Drive. But more importantly, he's the one that lives. <laughs> I, when I wrote those names down, I'm like, Jory's going to have this take. I know it. <laughs> Which take? <laughs> Oh, about one instead of the other? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why would I pick the one that dies? True. Because, like, here's the thing. Up until Deathly Hallows, they are identical. They are attached at the hip, and they have the same achievements. Like, they both are beaters on the Quidditch team. They both give Harry the Marauder's Map in Prisoner of Azkaban. They both open up that shop. And then in Deathly Hallows, like, George just eclipses his brother by just being better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Grace, what is your number 13? I'm taking Fred Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) Just gonna get it over with? Yeah, no, I think that they could bring a lot to, like, they, they're so goofy, but they know, like, all the things that they could get, like, you know what I mean? They, They just, they know a lot, a bunch of stuff that other people don't know. I mean, yeah, like, what are fireworks gonna do, like, when going against people, but... Honestly, I think fireworks would distract Voldemort. Do you remember in the scene where they escape from Privet Drive and Voldemort gets tangled in the electric wire? (laughs) (laughs) That was such a weird scene to me because I'm like, oh yeah, we're in like our world. And that that just happened. Yeah, that was weird. Wait, I also think that the... the Was it a train or a subway scene where Dumbledore's being all dramatic? Yeah, in Half-Blood Prince, when Harry's about to, like, start trying to date that black girl. (laughs) That's that's the opening scene. Yeah. What a a start to the film. That film is so green. Like, it's... I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) It is. It's like this green-brown color for like most of the runtime they were like did you see that david fincher movie did you see the social network why does they, why does harry potter and the half-blood prince have the same like cinematography as the social network <laughs> they were trying to get that oscar nom god all right jory you're number 13 both weasley twins have been taken this is gonna be controversial but i'm gonna pick uh newt scamander here damn i feel like i should have put him slightly higher because as far as, like, uh, like power goes, like, magic-wise, like, Newt isn't the strongest. But what he does have is, like, a bag full of Pokemon that he can just, like, drop and, like, use for anything that he wants. And he's also... I will say, I will say when I went to Universal, he has one of the coolest wand designs. Yes, he does. Yeah, because Voldemort's going to look at him and be like, oh, I'm not going to kill you. Your wand is so cool. He's like, I don't know if I can kill a guy with autism. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Is that confirmed? Because, like, I legitimately feel that way. Like, I feel like he has to... Because in uh, Fantastic Beasts 1, he kind of has, like, this little quirky vibe about him, and it's like, okay, you're a pretty fun character. But in Fantastic Beasts 2, you can't tell me that Eddie Redmayne is not acting like he is autistic. Like, legitimately, 100%. Like, I mean this. Like, not, like, making fun of him. I feel like he is acting like he is neurodivergent. I, <laughs> I brought this up with Zemo and people got mad at me. 
He reminds me of like uh the Good Doctor show. Like that's just like how he acts. Yeah, because he has autism in that show. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for. He's related to Luna, but I'm not saying the Luna character has autism. I think she's just like Like Luna just seemed quirky and weird as did yeah. her like was that her uncle or her dad in uh, deathly hallows who tells the story yeah. some like that i think it was her father uh where was luna during that because they were like where's luna and he just went i don't know she was probably she was at school wasn't she oh that's true oh yeah because that's that scene where they're stopping the train yeah what's uh what is your number 14 grace i'm gonna go with tonks nymphadora don't call me nymphadora I, uh, I don't know. You have Lupin, so I'm going to take his wife. <laughs> That's what she said. So you're cucking Lupin. Did they ever have... I know that there was like a little plot line where like Tonks was pregnant or something. Did they ever have a they kid? Had the kid? They had the kid. Yes, because uh, they they need to do the... the a kid is born with no parents. Yeah, and then like both of them died. Yeah, when Harry was talking to the... I almost said Soulstone wrong franchise <laughs> nice <laughs> God. but yeah because um it was kind of like a circle where the story begins with a boy with no parents and then it ends with a boy like an orphan with no parents but in the books doesn't harry raise him i don't think the books go that far. well actually is he one of the siblings in the epilogue i try to ignore the epilogue as much as possible yeah not raise him but i think like he just like takes him in once the kid's older a little bit Jory Cursed Child's back in New York. When are we going to see that? I don't know. I couldn't read the... Uh, my mom bought the script uh, like when they published it and never read it, and I could not make it past like the first act. Oh, I'm genuinely going to get pissed off during the show, but the production sounds cool. It's painful. <laughs> but like, from the moment, from the door, where they open with the epilogue of Deathly Hallows, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you think... Uh, uh, by the time this comes out, this might already be announced because it's the 20th anniversary. But do you think we're going to get any information on that HBO Max series soon? That's rumored. I don't know, but I want more information on that game because that looks yeah. fucking cool. The video game sounds cool. It takes place like in like the 19th century or something. I think it's called Hogwarts something. Hogwarts Legacy. Set in the late 1800s. So I'm going to be able to roleplay as like a... Uh, um, a cowboy that went to British school to be a wizard. <laughs> you didn't want to go to the American one? No. I got kicked out. <laughs> I got kicked out for not being rootin' and tootin' enough, so they were like, you need to go back. You're banned You're from like, the colonies. You're like Han Solo, I got kicked out for having a mind of my own. I'm like, uh, Leto Atreides, I'm like, I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Droy, what is your number 14? God. What is my number 14? Was Bill Weasley the one who worked with the dragons? I don't remember when I looked it up, because both Weasleys are there. I'm pretty sure he's the one that was, like, working in Bavaria with dragons oh, yeah, for, yeah. like, most he of the is. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Fleur is his wife. Yeah, I'm picking Bill Weasley. Played by Dominal Gleeson. Yeah, that's uh, Brendan Gleeson's son. Wasn't it we were rewatching Deathly Hallows, Grace, and you didn't know Donald Gleeson was in this franchise? <laughs> no, I don't think you knew. I knew. This was yeah. the first thing that I saw Donald Gleeson in, was uh, yeah, Deathly Hallows 1. I just didn't realize until rewatching. I think. I'm the spy. I'm the spy. 
<laughs> I'm the spy has the same energy as Barty Crouch. In uh, Rise of Skywalker, the Hux went from being a character that I literally could not care about to my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> I was so confused when he said that line. I was like, what? He was so proud of himself, too. I don't care if you win. I just need Kylo Ren to lose. When he was like, the post shoot me in the arm and he shoots him in the leg. <laughs> I think Bill Weasley's a good choice. I wanted, I always wanted to learn more about Bill Weasley throughout the series. Yeah, when I was first reading the books, I remember like wishing that we would get to like go to Bavaria with uh, Bill and like learn about the, learn about them. Oh, Charlie is the one with the dragons, isn't he? No, no, mine says Bill. Unless they both dealt with dragons. Oh, Bill was the first child of Arthur, the eldest brother of Charlie, Percy, Fred, George, Ron, and Ginny. Yo, what? Charlie survived the second wizarding war and continued his work with dragons? He never married and had no children. Based? Charlie was just dedicated. Yeah, he's like not in the movies. He was like, what's his name in Dune where he he shows up and he's like, I'm done with you. Percy? Percy was like a little bitch in the uh, books. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but he went... He was like low-key a Nazi sympathizer when he was like continuing to like do the Death Eaters shit while being like a prefect or like while doing like a student uh work order thing at hogwarts yeah like he went to hogwarts his whole life in the movies he gets kind of dropped yeah but the thing is is the fifth movie when umbridge comes why is he so against dumbledore like why can't he believe that voldemort's back he literally is like is he in the fifth movie what wait really yes i just watched it he literally was holding harry back because that's when they found dumbledore's army and dumbledore's like i have no intention of going to azkaban and the yeah he was there he didn't stick up for dumbledore i do not remember percy in the movie because he works for the ministry of magic so was percy a death eater i'm confused about percy now (laughs) no he was was just he was just a bootlicker that was just his entire arc like he was like a slave to like what people were saying like should be done which is why he goes from being a prefect at hogwarts to immediately working at the ministry of magic and why he follows the Ministry's propaganda when it comes to, like, saying that Voldemort isn't back, even though he is. Yeah, and that's what I don't get, is because he grew up with Dumbledore. Like, he should have stuck up for Dumbledore. All right, number 15, Grace. We have five spots left. Arthur Weasley. <laughs> Which Weasley? Arthur, the father. Now, Grace, can you tell me exactly what is the function of a rubber duck? <laughs> <laughs> The scene in Chamber of Secrets where, like, they're... They're going through the train station. <laughs> they're going to the train station at Apple Prince, but in Chamber of Secrets, where they're in the bookstore, and then Lucius all of a sudden makes fun of Arthur's entire family, and he just stands there and takes it. What a cock. Doesn't say a word. Every movie, Arthur Weasley is just getting his shit rocked mentally or physically. Yeah, what's up with Order of the Phoenix, where, like, he has that really funny scene, and then later on, like, Harry just has a premonition of him literally being, like, by a snake. <laughs> I like that he also took Harry in and he always had Harry's back and um like he told him about Sirius. I know in the books Harry like overheard talking that uh it was Arthur and Molly talking that Sirius was his godfather, but in the movies he heard it from McGonagall. Yeah. But yeah. Sirius Black was and remains to this day 
Harry Potter's I, godfather. I always like that scene uh, when uh, Harry walks in and Order of the Phoenix and Sirius Black, Arthur, and everyone's all having that really important meeting with the door wide open. It was Arthur. He rolls up to the side of the door and he's like, Harry. I don't know why they kept it from him. Like, you, he was going to find out anyways. They should have just told him everything. He should have been a part of the Order. Big part of what Order of the Phoenix is about, uh, me, the, this is the rare moment where I will defend Order of the Phoenix. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we have it on the podcast. Unfortunately, this is being recorded. <laughs> what it is, is um, it's coming off of Goblet of Fire and Harry being directly confronted with who Voldemort is and what he will do and watching him murder somebody who he came to like be friendly with over the course of a year um and then to find like everybody in his life either denying it or treating him with kid gloves like he can't handle it and it's about harry trying to be seen as an adult and be seen as valid uh which is why you get a lot of shit with uh it's why umbridge is really good in that movie because her entire shtick is like you children have no idea what the world is like i'm here to protect you so you need to follow everything I'm saying for a T because you can't think for yourselves. Yeah. It's like a surprisingly like anti-government and anti-propaganda piece <laughs> that I hate <laughs> because it's just bad. It's a weird uh, chapter in the series, even in the movie. Yeah. I, don't, I honestly don't know what I would do to remedy it because it feels like it should be happening sooner for it to uh, really hit that way. Like, if Harry was, like, 15 when this was going on, I feel like I would be able to excuse a lot of his more angsty behavior throughout a lot of that book in that movie. But it, he's just annoying to watch. Like, there's this scene in the book where, um, where, like, Luna and Harry are, like, with the Thestrals and Hermione's talking about him. She's like, Oh yeah, I read about Thestrals. I really wish I could see them. And Harry's like, Do you? Do you have any idea what it's like to watch somebody die in front of you? He's going through a lot. You know how Sirius Black uh, dies, but were they all watching him die? So did they, did they see death then? By the end of the series, it's almost sure that they all can because a yeah. lot of people die, but... Yeah. True. <laughs> what is your number 15, Jory? Uh, honestly, I want him on my team. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah i'm going with gilderoy lockhart <laughs> no way um say what you will about him like he says he is especially gifted with memory charms that's true in the event of a grand skirmish uh he'll be able to make you forget where you are and then let one of his friends just take over for him to kill you while you're trying to get your bearings I guess, spoiler alert, remember when he showed up in Tenet? <laughs> yeah. Bro, why do I want to see every Kenneth Branagh movie now? <laughs> spoiler alert, remember when he directed Thor 1? Yeah, holy shit. One of the worst MCU movies. <laughs> his, uh, his wizard stick, uh pertains to his directing shtick. Yeah, I didn't defeat the Berlin Banshee by smiling at him. <laughs> Grace, what is your number 16? Um, I think I'm gonna go with Umbridge. Just because of her, just because of her music. Honestly, Umbridge, if we're talking a battle, might have been in my top 10. She's scary, I'm not gonna lie. I think Umbridge got snubbed in this draft. I think she should have been higher. Why? All she does is read like give, she read, does read. kind of hold her own in the very few scenes where we see people like using magic against her 
Well, you think about it, half the people on this list had her as a teacher, so already fears her. That's true. I, I don't know. I feel like having Umber having that as a point is going to be a point against her, because as soon as people got the opportunity, when she was not in a place of power, when she was trapped in the woods, she they were like, nah, fuck it, you can get grabbed by a giant and have those fucking centaurs take you away. That That's true. We hate you. I was so pissed when she showed up again. Oh, I know, with the horcrux around her neck. I do really like uh, that set with uh, the Dementors swirling above in the courtroom. Yeah, she could control them, probably. And I feel like she has a lot of intelligence that we don't know also, and maybe she's a great witch. Well, what her power is, is she represents, like, the corruption of, like, blind government bureaucracy. Well, she did a pretty bad job. It's not her decision to say that uh, they're not, their policy isn't that Voldemort is there. But what she is, is she's the executor. Cornelius Fudge was saying, like, no, we can't say that Voldemort exists because, like, this, that, and the other thing. We need our, to do our best to, like, keep the peace and keep everything quiet. Umbridge, even after Fudge was gone and when there was no minister, was still the power at the ministry. And it's what she always represented. What was the point of the Horcrux around her neck, though? Was she fourth Voldemort? Uh, which Horcrux was that again? It was, like, a it locket, the, right? Uh... Yeah, it was a necklace locket kind of thing. Like, what was the point of that being around her neck? I actually love that scene where they had to go to the ministry. I like it a lot in the movie. I remember not really following it in the book because anytime they mentioned the Ministry of Magic in the book, I was like, whatever. I like uh, I like when Ron fake worries about his wife. <laughs> my wife, my kid. And then uh, when his wife kisses him, he turns back into Ron. Long story. What is uh your next pick, Jory? Number 16. Number 16. Uh, I'm going to go with Newt's Chad brother. Newt's Chad brother. Theseus Scamander. I don't remember all of uh, Crimes of Grindelwald, but I'm going to say that that whole like fire dragon thing that showed up, that was his. I think he helped to create it. I think it was him, Newt, uh, the really old guy. There was a really old guy. He's like 500 years old or whatever. My favorite character in that series is... Uh, the fat guy yes he's awesome yeah that actor is underrated oh absolutely i think i mentioned on the podcast before he is hilarious in this movie take me home tonight that came out like 10 years ago have you ever seen uh, balls of fury i haven't it borders on like being a parody movie but it's like a it's a ping pong movie but organized like a kung fu tournament movie <laughs> it's hilarious He's also one of the leads in Fanboys, which, oh, yeah. honestly, they need to do a sequel to Fanboys after the whole sequel trilogy thing, but that's a conversation for another time. Yeah. Uh, number 17, Grace. Um, Cedric. Batman. Even though he, he definitely couldn't have one in the Goblet of Fire, I don't know. He, he has a good personality. <laughs> hey, Grace, so you just watched Goblet of Fire, right? Yeah. Do you remember the scene where Cedric first appears? Yeah, he comes out of the tree. No, he does not come out of a tree. Because if you watch that scene, there's a wide shot right before, and there are no trees in the immediate vicinity. There are trees around them, but there's no tree above them. <laughs> he just appears. Where did he come from? And they don't even comment on it. It's like, and this strapping young lad must be Cedric. <laughs> oh my gosh, gosh. He just jumps down. Yeah, I don't know. I like the fact that um, when they were both going for the cup, he was like, come on, you saved me. Like, like 
deep down not deep down i guess it's pretty out there he does have like a, a heart for you know people and for harry and grace did you uh watch the batman trailer okay i was wrong there are trees around them but still <laughs> <laughs> oh and he was with cho right uh yeah for a little while i believe <laughs> she was so sad it's like you knew him for like a month and then harry took his sloppy second <laughs> Remember the part uh, of Harry Potter where Cho Chang isn't actually a name and it's two last names in Chinese <laughs> culture? And then you don't see her after the fifth movie. Yeah, because she betrayed Harry, right, in Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, but then they realized that they used the truth serum thing on yeah, her. Yeah, but they didn't. he didn't care. Harry, Harry's based. Harry's like, well, I'll go for Ron's sister. It's like in the in the sixth movie when Ginny's crying or whatever, and Hermione's like, yeah, Ginny's been crying, and Harry just like stands up. It's like, when were you into Ginny? Like, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yet another reason why Half Blood Prince is the best movie. Isn't it hilarious that Ginny gets invited to the Slug Club, but he can't remember Ron's name? <laughs> Wait, what's his what's his name? The, that professor, I love that guy. Slughorn. Slughorn, I love Slughorn. Why isn't he on this list? Good question. He's so funny. funny. I'm honestly, like, I've been looking through this list and I'm like, damn, where's, uh, what's his name? Seamus Finnegan. I had, I put Dean Thomas instead. The only Irish character in the entire series who's characterized by blowing stuff up randomly. Yes, written by a British author. <laughs> if you draft Dean Thomas, you get Seamus too. How about that? Hey, no, that's not fair. He's gonna get Dean. I'm taking Dean Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Every time he popped up in the movie, I'm like, Dean! He dates Ginny for a little bit. Yeah, he does. And then Ginny's crying. Yeah. And Harry's. She's been fighting with Dean. I just love, like, the background characters who, like, aren't characters. He had one line in the Goblet of Fire, and it was so funny. Ron, isn't that your owl? What is your number 18, Grace? Three spots left. Fleur, Fleur, what's her name? Fleur Delacour. Fleur, yeah. Ah, yes. Even though she sucked, she didn't win. They call her Phlegm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, she's, Ch or not Charlie, she's Bill's wife. Remember when she <laughs> screams when she sees that Cedric is dead and the band keeps yeah. playing? Yeah, what was that all about? That whole scene is so awkward. That's my boy. boy. Hagrid's face <laughs> when he realizes too. He's clapping and he's like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Hagrid's me when anything awkward goes down. This is the ending of good time. <laughs> <laughs> you always act like you're better than me. What is your number 18, Jory? What is better than Grace's pick? It was so hard not to put a Dudley here. <laughs> you mean so hard not to put Big D here? Big D. You know what? I'm gonna go with Professor Quirrell. But he can't touch Harry. Uh, yeah, but he did a pretty good job of almost murdering him at a Quidditch match. I love, uh, I love when McGonnell barged into his class and he's holding, like, a frog or something. No, it's an iguana. <laughs> Jory, did you watch the, uh, the magical movie mode of Sorcerer's Stone for the 20th anniversary? <gasps> it was so good. Good. No, I didn't. Jory, you have to watch it. It's such a meme. Like, all of a sudden, Christopher Columbus will interrupt the scene and start talking. In the corner. And he's like, well, what's interesting about this? This was my favorite scene to film. He said that about every scene. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. He was making the best Harry Potter movie. You're right. He had a George Lucas comment during the quiz. He's like, I want to go back and redo this for IMAX. And I'm like... 
<laughs> what? Honestly, based, I would watch like I would watch like 1999 Quidditch and IMAX. I'm like, that sounds insane. Like, I want to see him do it. Bro, if they re-released Sorcerer's Stone in IMAX 3D, I would love that. I'd be there. Yeah, I would see it. Because now Christopher Columbus got me hyped up. He's like, I want to make it like all extended than that. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Release the Columbus cut. <laughs> Warner Brothers, let him do it. The Prisoner of Azkaban, that's the most scenic. Like, I know he doesn't direct that, but that was such a beautiful movie. Well, yeah, because that one is directed by uh, Al Alfonso Cuaron, I believe. Yeah. Who uh, also directed Roma on Netflix. Oh, shit. And uh, Itumama Tambien, which came out before this. I think you said it in our ranking episode. They're like, how, You were like, how did they get such a Kino machine in him to direct a random Harry Potter movie? It is so bizarre that he directed a Harry Potter movie. It's like um, that other dude, uh, Inuratu, the guy that directed uh, Gravity and um, Birdman. It's like if they were just like, Hey, do you want to direct, like, uh, Percy Jackson 3? And he was like, yeah. And then makes it Kino. <laughs> and then just goes back to making more Kino. Like, what? If Dune doesn't work out, is uh, the director of that going to direct a Harry Potter movie for Warner Brothers next? I think that's already kind of what he's doing. I mean, they were like, alright, you can have Blade Runner 2. <laughs> and, uh, fucking, uh, Dune... One and also wait, did this uh, TV show come out yet? No, no, it didn't. They have like he's got that TV show deal with HBO Max. I want to see some of those start yeah. to come out. I uh, I'm gonna be interested to see who the directors are for this rumored Harry Potter HBO thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they got Chris Columbus to come back. Yeah, because wasn't Chris Columbus supposed to come back for Deathly Hallows, I believe? Yeah, but J.K. Rowling loved Half-Blood Prince too much, which based... It's it's amazing, like, watching, like, 2021 Christopher Columbus talk about uh, Sorcerer's Stone because he still, like, has such a passion for it. Like, I would love to see him back in the franchise in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. He was going to direct the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Did you hear about that? Unfortunate. He left due to creative, <laughs> left due to creative differences. Uh, Good. I was like, what? why, why was he even on that project bro you know who directed pixels bro he did yes <laughs> i think christopher columbus needs harry potter so. he hasn't worked consistently since 2010 and that was when uh percy jackson and the olympians came out yeah chris columbus if you're listening uh make some kino uh harry potter for us like his career is crazy because like he's just got a bunch of like weird shit like he directed he's got some kino like he did uh home alone one and two Mrs. Doubtfire, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and Chamber of Secrets, and then the rest of it is shit like Rent, Stepmom, Nine Months, uh, Heartbreak Hotel. Adventures in Babysitting is good, but like, what the hell? And then he produced the help. But anyway, Grace, what is your number 19? Two spots left. Um, Creature. He's kind of scary. So this is where, so I had this debate about Dobby, right? Yeah. <laughs> With a friend, and it was like, uh, who would be better you would want on your team, Dubby or Creature? And at first, I said Creature, because he'd be loyal, and Dubby, he's, a fr I, it, he's like always been loyal to this one family. But like, but then they're like, oh, but Dubby's a free elf. He, he would be able to, like, um, like, have, like, unlimited powers if he really wanted to. And I'm like, that's true. But isn't Creature free because Sirius is dead? 
Technically, yeah, but Creature is also an asshole. Dobby's cool, but, like, Creature, like, when they find him again after Sirius dies, I'm pretty sure, wasn't he just, like, still living in the house and, like, scrounging <laughs> shit up? Yeah. Does he, does he belong to, like, Bellatrix now? How does that even work? He was still in the house, I thought. I think technically he was Bellatrix's elf at that point. Trust me, I would rather Dobby, but I got love for Creature. At least you got somebody to face Dobby. Yeah. He could snap his fingers too. But he won't. <laughs> who's uh who's left? That's a good question. Oh, Draco's mom. There should be two others, right? So does that mean that we're now out of character? So wait, do I get to pick somebody? You no, you have Mrs. Malfoy. You no, you have Mrs. Malfoy. So okay, here's what we'll do for the last three. Jory, you can either draft Draco's mom or you could pick any character you want. We think. Off the top of my head, who's somebody that I want <laughs> who could be Draco's mom in a fight? <laughs> Wait, any character? Yes. Dead or alive? Yeah, well, look at this list. I could take, like, Harry's dad or mom. Sure. Cringe. What's James Potter gonna do? Bully Snape in the corner? I'm gonna. All right, well, if that's the case and you're gonna take somebody like that, I'm gonna take whichever one of those three brothers took the invisibility cloak. Of the Weasleys? No, uh, the story of the three brothers that was the Deathly oh. Hallows. I'm gonna take the one that took the invinci the invisibility cloak because that makes him immune to death. Oh. Damn. Are okay. Yeah, that's right. Invisibility cloak brothers who I'm picking. <laughs> <laughs> Can I take Dum Dumbledore's brother? Uh, Aberforth or Credence? <laughs> the one in the last movie. Credence. <laughs> The Flash. Grace, you're a big Flash fan. What'd you think of that trailer? If she didn't see know. the Batman trailer, I don't think she saw the Flash trailer. No, we... No, I, I showed her the Flash trailer. Honestly, I watched the Flash show, and I like that better, so... Ew. Hey, it's so good. I already know what happens. That trailer that they showed, I already know. What happens? Um, well, I don't want to spoil it. Did you, uh, see or read Flashpoint? Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know what happens through there. I don't think that they're taking a lot of inspiration through the CW show, except for the fact that now he's going to call himself The Flash because he got the idea from the dude from the CW. Yeah, that is can that is canon now, is it? So you're taking Credence, Grace? No, I'm thinking... So wait a second, isn't this Grace's 20th pick? Yeah, this is her final pick. Oh my god, you know who I'm taking? Who? Hedwig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I would have taken Credence, but okay. So I have a personal connection to Hedwig. I need Hedwig. I'm going to take Kowalski from Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> kind of the same. He kind of gives you, he will give you the same amount of energy as Hedwig, I think. I believe so, yeah. <laughs> I really like the bottom Oh, two. I could have taken the, the the bird from Prisoner of Azkaban. Not the bird, yeah. Well, no one chose Malfoy's, well, no one chose Malfoy's mother. No, nobody did. <laughs> You get Malfoy's mother holding Hedwig. Okay, that's great. I like how she, uh, when Harry was like, oh yeah, Malfoy's alive, she was like, she, you know, lied to Voldemort. So this is what I'm thinking. When it comes to big names, of course, I think Grace has that. But when it comes to power, and as, uh, as Ron would say, playing chess against opponents, I think Jory was doing that the whole game. That's wizard chess. Wizard's chess. Actually... This bottom five was really funny to do, but also, like, Jory made some really good points about some of his guys, but then so did Grace. I have a lot of good guys on my team. Like, we've already defeated Jory's team in the movies, so... But a lot of Jory's team killed half of your team. Yeah, but if we don't do it that way... 
Plus, the only reason that the good guys won is because they managed to track down Horcruxes. And what we're talking about is just, like, you and me meet in a field, let's fight. Grace has a, such a strong top four. Dumbledore, Harry, Hermione, Sirius Black. That's, that's a solid four people right there. But then, also, Jory kept matching up to it with Grindelwald, Snape, uh, Voldemort... Um, you made really good points about Barty Crouch that I wouldn't even, like, think of. Draco's there. Good luck trying to kill the Invisibility Cloak, brother. <laughs> but Harry has the Invisibility Cloak. Yeah, but we're talking about past and future. You opened that up when you were talking about dead characters from that were never alive in the canon. <laughs> but wait, I don't get it. So then Harry doesn't have the cloak. In the context of this battle, no. Oh, that's stupid. He should have the cloak. But when does he ever use the cloak in, like, a fight? That's true. Even though the cloak probably would have came in handy in a fight for some of them. But no, you can use a spell like Dumbledore did to see under the cloak. When did Dumbledore do that? Um, when it was Ron and Harry, they were in Hagrid's hut and they were going to arrest Hagrid. All right, I think I'm going to do what I what I did last time is go character by character and do a point system so it's fair. Josh, that takes forever. No, it's not. It's just me. I'm going to do it fast because it's only one point now. Okay. Dumbledore, Grindelwald. This is actually tough. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dumbledore. So that's a point for Grace. You're doing this out loud? Yes. Harry Potter, Snape. Troy brought up good points. But does Harry have the Elder Wand? I'm going to go with Harry. No, Harry is not cheating. Hermione or Ron? I mean Hermione. What? Sirius Black Lupin? Actually tough. I'm going to go with Lupin because Lupin, if he turns into that werewolf... He almost killed Sirius. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing will stop him from going after Sirius. Except for some werewolf pussy. And I'm also judging on who I think would like win the battle overall with uh, against other members, of course. McGonnell or Dobby? That's tough. Yeah. Bro, Dobby's OP, though. House elves yeah, have magic that wizards don't. But McGonagall's so old. I'm going with Dobby. <laughs> yeah, and she's ha not had that magic for a long time. Molly Weasley or Neville? Molly Weasley. Damn. You know, if Neville comes at her with a sword, what's she gonna do? Hagrid, Voldemort. Voldemort. Uh, Luna, Barty Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. Bellatrix, Victor Crumb. Bellatrix. Yeah. Ginny Draco? Ooh, that's pretty even. Yeah, I have to make a decision. Draco. It's tied right now. Um, Lucius, Peter Pettigrew. Yo, Voldemort himself says that he's more proud of Peter than Lucius. Yeah, yeah he's on Voldemort's team, so that does give Peter the advantage. Alistair Moody, George Weasley, Alistair Moody. <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa. How are you going to even say that when he died in the incident that he survived? How are you going to say that? I just feel like Alistair Moody's, uh, he's, didn't he capture a lot of the guys that went to uh, Azkaban? Didn't he capture Bellatrix? Did he? I think so. You know what? You know what I know happened though. I know that Moody died in the escape from Privet Drive, but George but, survived. But George's ear came off. Yeah, and he survived. And, and Mad Eye Moody's soul came out. Fred Weasley or New uh, New uh, Tonks? Bill Weasley? Yo, Bill Weasley. What did Tonks actually ever do? She changes hair color. Wow. Yeah, Bill Bill Weasley. That you, you, you'd lost me there, Grace. Most of the girls that we went to college with have that superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to Josh, too. Josh changes hair from bleach to black. I remember that. <laughs> I am Tonks. 
Arthur Arthur Weasley Lockhart. Uh, Arthur. What? I'm pretty sure Newt's Chad brother. Why is this tough? <laughs> because Newt's Chad brother came out with like a spire of flames <laughs> and managed to like throw off one of the most powerful dark wizards that ever lived. Yeah, it's Newt's Chad brother. Cedric or Dean Thomas and Seamus. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you can pick whichever one. I feel like the power levels are pretty equal, but if it's Cedric versus Seamus, it's definitely Seamus. Cedric is Batman, though, but it, it's gotta be. I feel like Cedric is closer to Edward than Batman. He's jumping out of trees and shit. <laughs> and he's wearing he's that hoodie. Lying. Yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah then, it's going, then it's going to Dean. <laughs> Fleur? Or, uh... Who'd Who'd you, dra who'd you draft at 18? Quirrell. I feel like Fleur just exists. Quirrell also was able to set up all that stuff uh, for Sorcerer's Stone. Quirrell probably will set up like some cool obstacle courses in that battle or some shit. Bro, Quirrell was Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher for like 11 years. That's longer than anybody else did it. Creature or the Invisible Cloak guy? Invisible Cloak guy <laughs> can't die. He can. Creature can use a spell to see him. No, he can't. That's fake. I'm not convinced about that. But Dumbledore did it. I don't think he actually saw them. I thought that he was just wise. No. And it was like, I bet there's somebody standing over there. That sound. It does sound like a fan theory. No, it's it's literally her. The the author or whatever she said herself. Josh. Let me finish. There's one left. Yeah, and it's Hedwig, a freaking owl. No, it's Malfoy's mom holding Hedwig versus Kowalski, and I'll give it to Mouse Boy's mom. <laughs> Just want to say, when you look at Kowalski's track record with witches who are far more powerful than him <laughs> and magical creatures, chances are, I think Narcissa Malfoy might be getting a divorce and marrying <laughs> Kowalski after this little adventure. That's true. And their pet is an owl. So, well, here's the final score. Grace has eight points, and Jory has 12 points great grace has been dethroned that was a close matchup though that was very close that was really close remember that grace remember that I, next okay, time you this was a great draft creature can use a spell to see the invisibility cloak just like dumbledore, dumbledore. Ta listen listen take your extra point see if i care see if i care <laughs> But you know, with how close this is, I think in season three, if uh, I think there there could be a rematch in the future. But Jory, that means season three, you're going up against me. Yeah, I'm and, looking ooh. forward to it. And you know, you know what the challenge is? I'll I'll announce it on here. A little season three sneak peek. What's the challenge? To an old throwback to one of our most uh, enjoyed or uh, I guess appreciated videos, Pixar characters. Ooh. Yo, I'd be, I'm gonna be drafting Luca. I'm gonna be drafting Luca from Luca. <laughs> Grace, have you seen Luca? No. You ne both need to watch Luca. Grace hasn't seen Onward either. Cause Josh watched them without me. I had to watch it for a Duel of the Takes episode for our greatest episode. <laughs> it's just like a Toy Story four. They told me Andy died, and I believed it. <laughs> You're better off not seeing Toy Story 4. I saw it, and then I ended up, I screamed at the TV. It was very stupid. I don't understand how Nate likes that movie as much as he does. Toy Story 4? Well, he doesn't like it, but, like, to me, it's one of the most offensive movies that Pixar has ever made. Uh, hey, everyone. Note from the editor here. I, uh, don't know what Jory's going on about. I hate 
Toy Story 4. Well, this was really close. Uh, my winning streak is over. Thank you, Jory. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so it was nice to talk about Harry Potter. Be before we go though, to kind of celebrate the 20th anniversary, I just want to throw out a question, to you guys. What's like just your favorite? Because we all grew up with these movies, and uh, I think it was kind of like our generation Star Wars for a lot of people. It was the big franchise of that era. What's like your favorite memory connection to those movies? I guess I have a lot of memories. Uh watching like marathoning the early movies with my family it's probably why i like the first two as much as i do but uh my mom and i uh were both really into it by the time the movies were like coming out more consistently and we saw all three of the last movies at midnight showings whenever they were coming out so that became like an like a semi-annual tradition that we would do i agree i mean uh josh we were in new york city when the last two movies were coming out and just the vibe of everyone in Times Square like looking like there was not even a title it was literally just uh Daniel Radcliffe's face and it was like it all ends and then it had the date and like everyone was excited like I will never forget that feeling like even in the theater like we saw the last three I remember well from my memory I remember those were in theaters and oh the energy was just insane we saw we also saw order of the phoenix in theaters yeah just the energy in new york city times square that was insane i just remember josh we were like there for imta and it was just it was so popular yeah i mean that era was it was really cool because everyone was genuinely like excited it what's cool about that franchise compared to like a star wars or like a um even like the superhero genres is that those movies are very consistently good when it comes to quality, so nobody, there's no, like, real, like, divide in the fandom. Maybe, like, in the Fantastic Beast movies, but nobody really cares enough to actually have a divide for those movies. Except for Nate. Yeah, I was thinking about it last night, like, I really don't have a Harry Potter movie that I don't like. Like, I love all of them. Like, Order of the Phoenix. I don't know if it's just me, but, like, just that story I find to be super unnecessary in like yeah. the canon and i didn't like the book or the movie <laughs> i just didn't think that sirius had to die i really wish he lived i thought that it was fine that he died but i thought that it was lame that he died in this movie yeah it was too early i feel like for him to die thank you guys for joining me and uh i hope everyone enjoyed this really weird episode hopefully nobody's like please bring back alden and nate josh you're an idiot i'd be like thank you but no i feel like this was one of our best drafts uh grace you you might have lost today but you have been a tremendous champion these past couple episodes and uh that's my last one for a while yeah yeah and i i I don't think uh i don't think it's the last time we'll hear from you i'm sure for something you'll be back in season three you've been watching a lot of the best picture winners so maybe we'll do that at some point i want to rematch against jory though one day everyone (laughs) does Grace. everyone does and nate's oh and two at the draft just want to just want to make that clear for everyone listening at home i remember purposefully voting for josh in more places than i should on the sports one so that i wouldn't have to face nate that one was rigged a little bit but i'll take it this this next one coming up it won't be rigged this will be my revenge against jory i'm gonna win nice no it was great to have you on jory i'm sure people will be excited to hear your voice again it's uh it's always a pleasure and it's uh it's great talking about something we all have a passion for too Tune in for season three. If there's a season three, who knows? I'd be happy if the series finale was me coming back and winning another draft battle. It would only feel fitting. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens.